2: To the Cultaholic Classic Raw review as the other Cultaholic lads get geared up for a WWE pay-per-view set in your house. We are here via the IcaPro Power DeLorean, looking ahead another year until we get a WWF pay-per-view in your house. Out. Oh, 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 God. Somebody's crossed the stream somewhere. Somebody's crossed the stream. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell. I am with the bear in the big blue bar cage, the head pen of Culter Holland. If you were to step away from social distancing, and if you were to approach Justin Henry's door and knock on his door, if he was to answer wearing his hazmat suit and his gloves that are longer than his elbows, and if you were to attempt to hand him a pencil, first of all, he would spray it with disinfectant, and then, using his gloves, he would snatch it from your hand, he would snap it in half, and with no care for social distancing, shove both bits into your eyes. Because he needs a pen. He gets it right every time. He is Justin Henry, and he is off of America.
1: I like that in your reality that I'm a homicidal maniac.
2: I just think you're a bit of a sociopath.
1: Well, it's kind of of a grey area. Tell
2: me I'm wrong.
1: Well, it's not so much a sociopath as it is I'm pragmatic.
2: (laughs) I'm pragmatic with people's feelings. (laughs) Sometimes they matter, sometimes they don't.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's all situational.
2: How are you doing, my friend?
1: I am doing well, because I watched this show three days ago, and and the stench has worn off since, so oh, now I feel better.
2: Good. See, I watched it only this morning, so, of oh, time of recording. So, uh, the this, the scent is fragrant, to the point where I've been and had a shower before we started today. Just so I could contemplate some of the nonsense that we see in front of our very eyes here. I don't know about you, mate, but I'm enjoying the retro feel of the NXT build for In Your House. NXT? Yeah, NXT TakeOver in your house has given that a little bit of
1: a nod. NXT's still on? Of course it's still on! Oh, I don't know. I watched one one show on Wednesdays. Uh... Mm -hmm.
2: Do you know know what? what? I am never grading an AEW show again. (laughs) Why is that? I'm never grading because you you lot are aggressive you aggressive. are aggressive I gave it a B overall yeah, I, gave, I gave it I gave the, the, the stadium stampede an A and apparently mm-hmm. I, I'm, the, I'm I'm basically Satan incarnate because I didn't give the whole show an A plus
1: well I mean I would have gone higher than a B I wouldn't have gone A plus but I probably would have gone higher than B <laughs> See, you're,
2: you're coming down <laughs> on me and you're, doing it, in, me you're doing it in a polite way you're doing it a polite way. I've been calling well, mean, I... kinds of names. <laughs> if 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 this was if if I lived if I live near Jacksonville, if I walk past Daly's place, I get egg and flowered
1: this week. Well, eggs are good, you know, as long as you, you, you eat the whites.
2: that's it. We have an NXT wrestler egg and flowered me. Oh, ban him. Yeah, there you go. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Your bias is showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Romeo and Juliet of wrestling. Uh, Justin and AEW Guy and Tom. NXT guy by Trade uh, get together uh, on a weekend and we watch old episodes of Raw. We've been watching Monday Night Raw from the very, very beginning. We will watch it until uh, wh- whichever one of us dies first. Uh, where and when are we this week for Raw, Justin Henry?
1: Yes, we come together with, uh, to share malevolence in spite of our backgrounds. Exactly. We're like Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> oh, can I be Ivory? She was um, she was an underrated diva. She, she really was.
2: Where and when are we this week, Justin Henry?
1: Well, it is October the 10th, 1994. Is Columbus Day here in the U.S., which some deem not to be a real holiday. Um, this was taped two weeks earlier in Utica, New York, the home of um, certain expressions about steam hams.
2: Yes, it is indeed. Uh, this is where it all. This is where the journey begins uh, for such for such phrases, and uh, this is where we've been on Raw for a good couple of weeks now. And boy, can you
1: tell yes it's um see in this era we tend to get at least one or two good matches per taping usually you know the main event opener as it has his cousin for this time but we've gotten three boring house show style matches for first we had was it razor tatanka and it was bulldog nightheart and this week we have luger bigelow now on paper that's this it sounds like a pretty good tv taping right
2: it does on paper
1: until you realize that it, in the first two matches were rest hold mania or not attacking the injured limb mania in case in the case of the Anvil last week <laughs> this match here this may have been the worst match i've ever, I've ever seen bandman bigelow have
3: oh
2: hey let's wait let's let's hold fire until we get to it which won't be too far away but uh, we're gonna we're gonna roast this match. I have a funny feeling in me waters. But before we get into this week's episode of Raw, just a little around the houses of professional wrestling in this week. Thanks uh, to our friend, uh, one of my six I'm allowed to hang out with from Monday, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. Uh, according to uh, this week's Observer, Vince McMahon was on a cable sports talk show in Chicago just a couple of days <clears throat> before this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. <clears throat> jim Cornette, uh mcmahon came off as a bitter as as bitter against hulk hogan saying that hogan had told him that he would never work against him and couldn't understand why his friend would go and work against him and work in a minor league mcmahon said that their split was because mcmahon felt hogan like every wrestler had a certain shelf life and it wears off he wanted to use hogan as his babe ruth and bring him back to the plate for one big show every now and then. But Hogan wanted things to continue as they had been uh, for years, with McMahon having to create larger-than-life heels for him to defeat constantly. McMahon said WCW wasn't competition, called them a minor annoyance. Uh, the host of the show said some wrestlers have said that McMahon is an SOB. But McMahon said, ah, who are you calling an SOB? Uh, but McMahon said he was a pushover, but a stickler per- for-, for performance. He's subject... Yes, (laughs) growth performance. Uh, The subject of steroids came up, talking of performance, uh, the enhancement of which came up, and McMahon claimed that the government had no cause to do what they did, but admitted it ruined what could have been for the WWF, because nobody wants to do business with you if you're surrounded by controversy. What I love about this is... Whether you love him, whether you hate him, whether he is the, the, the god of wrestling, whether he is the Satan of wrestling, Vince McMahon will always be Vince McMahon. How nowadays he treats, and it, and it has come out in several reports, how Vince McMahon treats the, the coronavirus as a nuisance that is blocking his vision. In the same way that being tried for steroid abuse has tainted his vision, and it has ruined him. It ruined the business for him. It's another inconvenience. What do you make of, of uh, Vince McMahon's comments here?
1: I want a Dark Side of the Ring episode for season three on just every McMahon media appearance between 1989 and 1995.
2: Oh, my God. That would be incredible. I want the one where he knocks all the papers out of the guy's hand.
1: But that was Armin Kite in 2001, I believe. Gosh,
2: that was his that was his tamer days. Oh.
1: It was just the Bob Costas one from 2001 when the XFL was failing and, and if you ever watch it, there's a little context Bob Costas, the longtime time respected announcer, sports announcer for um, NBC loathed the XFL, loathed what wrestling had become at that point, you know just this sleazy sideshow basically so when he interviewed Vince, he grilled him on every little thing with a smirk on his face because he knew Vince was thin skinned and he knew he could get him to snap because he it would destroy the league even further. And sure enough, Vince is, goes into promo mode, starts threatening Causes. Kossis is just sitting there with the biggest uh, crap-eating grin you've ever seen on an interviewer ever. Because <laughs> he got... He, all he did was just poke the bear once and he got everything he wanted.
2: He just knows it, that he's just put down a bear trap. And he's <laughs> just waiting for a bear to walk through it. And here comes the biggest bear of all that can't <laughs> see it.
1: It was, just a, it was just a magnet for the outcome the outcome you desired
2: having said that right in this particular Mm -hmm. interview i don't disagree with vince mcmahon's idea for hulk hogan oh sure the whole idea that he is (laughs) they want him to be the babe ruth of wrestling the guy that like they just pull out of the you know the 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 cupboard every so often to, to pop a buy rate. I think having Hogan in this particular time during the new generation, having playing that kind of role, it certainly would have helped. I can think of a couple of people that could have possibly worked with Hogan. Whether Hogan would have worked with them is a different story, but I like that. And it's just, it's very in keeping with Hogan's uh, mentality at this point, where he's like, nope, just keep feeding me the baddies.
1: Well, still more matches than Savage was getting
2: exactly i think he's he and and but then it sounds like hogan would have gone the same way as savage just somebody who is a, a non player on rest in the wrestling unless absolutely necessary
1: uh well it's i see Vince's point but you know that as soon as byrus started the sag he would have gone to that hogan well even deeper and probably had him beat diesel at the rumble or something
3: oh god
2: i mean there is that there is that the uh, uh, best i think about it talking um uh, talking of Vince McMahon, uh he wants a WrestleMania in Connecticut, and he's very close to getting a deal for one. It looks as if uh, Mania 11 is going to come out of Hartford, and uh, we're still waiting for uh, details on that one. Uh, I'm I'm very intrigued as to what could headline that show.
1: Well, spoiler alert: that's going to be done in conjunction with the um, it wasn't the Special Olympics, but it was it was something similar to it. Mm-hmm. And re- and it really did feel like they were kind of clinging to the charity throughout that weekend. Like, see, we're good people.
2: Yeah, that I seem to remember from that one. There was a it was very charity and celebrity heavy WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, they had um, they had this one singing the national anthem. I, I can't remember she she was blind or or, or what was um what her um. What was, I'm pretty was sure she was her, blind. Disability. Yeah, disability. Uh, what disability she had? I think I think she was blind, and 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 the Tron video to the side of her like, showed. All the rest was hobnobbing with, with like special Olympians and stuff like that. And it really felt like, okay, it's, it's good charity work, but you know, you're promoting it and it feels feels like you've tainted it a little bit.
2: On the subject of Hulk Hogan claiming that he left because he wants to continue to beat up big lads and keep his dream alive Uh, it looks like he's getting his wish in wcw as john tenter is confirmed as the first of the monster heels that hogan is bringing in expect tenter according to dave who won't be called earthquake to do an angle on the 23rd of october pay-per-view after the steel cage match that hogan is having
1: Hey, if you're going to bring in a big guy, you could bring in worse.
2: It's true. Tent is a workhorse. Like, Tent, Tent probably knows how to get a decent match out of Hogan, but you know, it's, I just still find it funny how the, the big plans for WCW is basically Hogan Earthquake, a major match from one of the last Summer Slams of the 80s. Or was it or mm. the early 90s? I can't remember which. Either way, it was a it long was, time ago.
1: Now's the point where I have to point out that I was there 1990.
2: You were there for, for Hogan Earthquake?
1: Yes, and as, as some people in the Discord have pointed out, well, Justin sure brings this up a lot. Yes, I do.
2: <laughs> Were you one of the people that wrote in letters to Hogan to get well soon?
1: I sure did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I I got the I got the bracelet.
2: Oh, I love that Hogan sent you a bracelet. You
1: know, or someone in, in um in the merchandise department or whichever.
3: <laughs> well,
2: Somebody send it to you. That's the main thing. Uh, meanwhile, also in WCW, uh, Rick Flair has filed a. Sorry, Rick Rude. Sorry, um, Rick Rude has filed a six hundred thirty thousand dollar lawsuit against WCW, stemming from his departure and his injury. The reason that Rude isn't going to the WWF is because he's collecting disability on his Lloyd's policy, and that also and also because of said lawsuits. Oh well,
1: yeah. If if. if... If you're collecting on Lloyds of London, then you're not going to be wrestling elsewhere because that would look really bad.
2: For those who aren't aware,
1: explain, give us like a cliff,
2: a quick cliff note version of uh, of the of the Lloyds of London thing from the '90s in the wrestling.
1: I'm not really sure I can do it the best context, but I believe it was just something that a lot of wrestlers figured out they could take out insurance policies and collect money while in retirement. Because I think Road Warrior Animal did it. I mean, there he was wrestling just a few years later if it was something that expired or they realized, or they, realized that they could make more money wrestling because I know Kurt Hennig had it, Rude had it. And and they were all either either wrestled again later or they, um, in Rude's case, were trained to come back at, at the time of his death in 1999. So it was something that, that they were apparently uh, – abusing a little bit a
2: lot of wrestlers took advantage of it so when a wrestler retired due to an injury uh, lloyd's would pay out the insurance and obviously wrestling retirements don't really mean anything so it would be a case it would almost it would basically somehow wrestlers in the mid to late 90s in the early to mid 90s turned a, a major bank insurance policy into holiday pay
1: pretty much which is
2: which is incredible Uh, Also, uh, away from Uh, Go on, my friend
1: First, I I just want to say, in relation to Rick Rude For as much as we get on WWF And and at this point in time, for bringing back the oldies Like Bundy, Neidhart And Nikolai They could have used Rude in 95
2: He's one of those guys That would have certainly added Something to the roster, so a little bit of flavor To the roster, Mm -hmm. I do believe
1: Could have had him versus Diesel at SummerSlam Instead of King Mabel (laughs) But no
2: and that could have made that could have made Diesel a win over someone like a Rick Rude.
1: Yeah, you know, somebody who could actually have a good match.
2: Yeah, that would help as well. That would help. Uh, it looks like TBS is going to film four, count them, four Thunder in Paradise movies starting next year.
1: Yes. <laughs> also, also known as Nightboat, a crime-solving boat. The crime solving boat. <laughs> I thought you'd
2: be excited about this. Uh, they're going to air them after four Clash of Champion pay-per-views. Oh,
1: uh, I'm, I'm just salivating thinking about it. <laughs>
3: um,
2: also, in staying, staying in WCW... Um, where's it gone? Um, one of the biggest topics of controversy in the company right now is a feud between Mark Madden and Gene Oakland on the hotline which certain moments of which may have been a work but decidedly isn't now. Oakland, who is in charge of the hotline, attempted to get Mark Madden thrown off, but has been unsuccessful since Madden has friends in high places with the initials EB. Uh, Madden wasn't told, but requested to lay off Oakland. Oakland took seriously Madden's knocks about not delivering what he teases on, on his television pitches, sarcastically saying that it wasn't because Oakland was dishonest or trying to rip people off, but because he just doesn't remember, and joked that it was the beginning stages of Alzheimer's. Uh, So these two have been having this embarrassing war over the hotline. Back and forth they go. Apparently the directive didn't go both ways because Oakland came back two days uh, later after this, after he'd been told, hey, look, ease off. Madden had been told to ease off Oakland. Oakland comes back and just just tears Madden a new one uh, on the hotline. Uh, He knows what Eric Bischoff tells Madden, but after he gets off the phone with Madden, he tells me the truth, says Oakland. Uh, This is just a a hilarious bit of embarrassment should you you tune into the hotline to hear Mark Madden and Gene Oakland kicking off at one another. Something that would actually come to TV, if I remember correctly.
1: Yes, which is... um, I gotta say, this is my first time ever hearing those details. So watching Madden and Oakland feud in 2000 in WCW and have those awful matches like i never got the context to it but you got to figure i'll bet french freezer probably thought that everybody must have known about it because it was on the internet or something Mm. and five years later like like oh there's shoot this has to be a shoot because of of what happened in 1994 on the on on the respective hotlines and all that garbage
2: it's so petty it's so petty uh
1: wait a second wait a second whoa whoa whoa. I, i i have freaking news oh there is a Thunder in Paradise video game that I did not know about. What? Why Why was I not made aware of this? Why is this not a Twitch stream? Thunder in Paradise Interactive, 1995. Was this ever, like, was it released or did it escape? <laughs> it is a digital video game, according to this. It doesn't really say, what systems this for. I'm, I'm on IMDb.
2: <laughs> Amazing. If, if oh I can god, find oh it, god. if I can find it, there's a PC version that I can somehow find and acquire. We will do a live stream of it. We will do a Twitch stream.
1: Oh, there's nothing PC about this. <laughs>
2: well, whilst you whilst you sand a gog and a ghast, having finally seen love at last. Uh, it's
1: a CDI game. Oh my
2: for... god! Of course it is. CDI is just a magnet for shite.
1: And it's also for DOS.
2: <laughs> well, there we go. Well, that's it. I need a DOS emulator stat.
1: It's the Leisure Suit Larry of um, wrestling games.
2: Is Hogan, Is there images of Hogan in it?
1: Yes. Brilliant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. This is exciting. Uh, two more bits of news. Two more bits of noteworthy news to let you know about. Uh, All, Japan women, All Japan Women's Show at the Egg Dome is just a month away. Uh, we mm-hmm. now understand uh, that Alundra Blaze will face Ball Nakano for the WWF women's title on that show. It's pretty exciting news for the women's division, WWF, having a, mm-hmm. having a type defense in Japan.
1: And that match is quite significant, as we'll soon find out.
2: Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to quote this verbatim from the Wrestling Observer because it did make me chuckle. Both Charles Wright, Papa Shango, and Ed Leslie, the guy without a name, who's always with Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart, that is only Bruce's Beefcase on indie shows, we're married last week in Las Vegas. No, not to each other.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it, it would have been a hell of a Hall of Fame wedding. It would have been bigger than probably than Rollins and Becky whenever they choose to get married. Exactly.
2: And with that in mind, John. Mm-hmm.
1: The beef father.
2: <laughs> John, do with that information what you will.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ho-train haircuts.
2: <laughs> Supply mm-hmm. and demand. Um which, I mean, like, to, or the tag team, the tag team known as two things that you would really love whilst <laughs> in isolation.
1: I wish Papa Shang carried a giant knife so I could call him the butcher and the blade. <laughs> but no. <laughs>
2: nice. And with that, round... wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. I got it. It's the butcher and the bunny ranch.
2: <laughs> oh, Christ.
1: Still got it. The butcher and the drugs raid.
2: Um. <laughs>
1: Continue.
2: And with that in mind and in pocket, that is your Round the Houses for this week in wrestling. We now go to Justin Henry, who will talk us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw from 1994.
1: You may want to caffeinate yourself for this first match. Yeah,
2: this is a this is a dog. You've been warned.
1: <clears throat> so, we, we start out cold with just Bigelow entering before, before the intro. Somehow we get He's colder,
2: which is even more impressive.
1: <laughs> He's got his entourage with him. Tatanka, DiBiase, and Nikolai which is, it's not, it's not quite like the actual entourage because like, sure, DiBiase could be already gold, but after that, it, it kind of skews lower. <laughs> and Vince desperately tries to tie us into the holiday by, holiday by going, a Columbus Day parade. <laughs> sure, Vince, whatever. Okay, so it's, so it's Luger versus Bigelow and I kind of had decent hopes for this match. So, uh, Savage quotes, think you might, it's Columbus Day. And Savage says the following phrase one if by land, two if by sea, because he's quoting Columbus or Longfellow, who actually said the damn quote. <laughs> and
2: Vince gives him such a look here. Such a look.
1: Mm. The end is near. The end is near. Oh, no. And, and Savage also informs us Lex Luger, he would never sell out.
2: <laughs> let's remember that. Let's pop a pin in that, shall we? <laughs> pop a little pin in that there. We'll uh, we'll come back to this later.
1: So the match begins with Luger in the corner, but Katanka and Nikolai won't leave the ring and they help Bigelow corner Luger as though they're going to have a brawl out, out in front of Arnold's Diner or something. That's and something. Vince is all like... Vince is a gas that the heels would do dastardly things.
2: Imagine such a horrible thing. Vince actually, he ruins a little bit of this where he talks about like whether just before they go to break, they say, Will Lex Luger come out on his own or will he have some friends with him? It's like, well, when you see where this match goes, part of you is like, Why did Vince even plant that idea? Well, Tom, <laughs>
1: that would be an exciting development.
3: <laughs>
1: and the match at this point have been like watching flies f- <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so t- so to that point, Vince is probably figuring, well, if we go to commercial, everyone's going to turn football on and they won't come back. So we have to plan to see that something might happen. Like, hey, um, there might be a drug sniffing dog's out loose and then be who knows? <laughs> got, got, make sure you're here when we come back.
2: Hulk Hogan might return. I don't know. We will be back.
1: <laughs> anything could happen. Well, and something did happen, but it, it isn't in the context of anything. Nothing doesn't count as something. <laughs> So, now Lex Luger, for the, for the previous 14 months, was built into the de facto Hogan. I mean, he was dismantled many times along the way. But he's supposed to be this powerful American hero. And this is how the match starts out. Bigelow hits a routine shoulder block. Down goes Luger. Like a shot. More wrestling. Bigelow gets another shoulder block. Down goes Luger. Luger looks weak.
2: Even, wor- even worse do- than that, Luger looks like the heel.
1: Yeah, like, like like he's just some hapless foe that can't keep up with Bam Bam. Bigelow's just dominating. Then finally Luger knocks him to the outside. And, 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 and that's when Vince yells, what kind of American is Tatanka after all? Selling out the Ted DiBiase. Because no American has ever sold out, ever. Exactly get a long wrist lock from one of them. I don't even remember who now because I watched this three days ago. I actually wrote seven Z's in a row for the first time ever in history of taking notes for this show. That's how bored I was watching this match.
2: The issue with this was Luga didn't wrestle like a face. It was like they had some notes on the match mm. and somebody just for jollies had swapped the names around. As to who does what. <laughs> so like you have Bigelow with these dominating shoulder blocks at the start, and then Luga, Christ on a bike, just w- grabbing and pulling on the arm like it's some like it's some weird fetish. And I'm not here to kink shame. You do you. But in a wrestling match with a top like imagine Christ on a bike, imagine watching John Cena just work the arm for 15 minutes of The Rock at WrestleMania. Imagine Steve Austin with an arm lock on The Rock for 15 minutes in the main event of WrestleMania. It's just... He doesn't wrestle... He he wrestles like a flipping heel. And it's garbage.
1: Lex Lex Luger has never ever... I mean, I'm just speculating here. I don't think he's ever come into an arena, walked up to the person he was working with that night and says... All right, I have some ideas. (laughs) I don't think that's ever happened, ever. He just goes in, he does the basics, the heel or whoever he's working with, whether he's heel or face, depending on Luger's alignment at that that point, probably tells him what to do. And I'm thinking Bam Bam wasn't really up for, he's like, well, it's Lex, I don't have to do that much in this match, you know, we'll get the token uh, cheers and booze for what we do, and then it'll be, it'll just be basic. And the match was a backdrop for a story, so it wasn't like it wasn't like this was a life or death situation here, like we had super high expectations. So Bam Bam takes, takes over for Betty, misses a headbutt. Then Luger goes back to an armbar He's the Kyle O'Reilly of
2: nineteen ninety four. Yay, done he just
1: and out comes King Kong Bundy.
2: Now this is the this is where they they seem to get. Now I don't know whether this I, maybe this happened on Wrestling Challenge, maybe this happened on Wrestling <laughs> Challenge. So I don't know, but they hyped so much King Kong Bundy next week, King Kong Bundy next week, King Kong Bundy next week on Raw last week, and we even before Raw has started, they said, "Oh, King Kong Bundy, who is Ted DiBiase's newest acquisition, he's in action tonight." So I immediately gone, "Oh." OK, so not only is he not that there was any doubt, but not only has he come back and <clears> heal, heel, but he's aligned with Ted DiBiase already. Like you surely that could have been a story that could have played out in front of our eyes. Like no one's in that mad a rush to, to, to get Bundy in the million dollar corporation without even do, not even not even one segment or like the bare minimum, the bare minimum. You needed a segment of Ted DiBiase handing King Kong Bundy a of cash. The bare minimum to go, okay, that's the alignment. Vince just saying it. And then, again, uh, uh, for better or for worse, for better or for worse, King Kong Bundy's back in WWF, right? And, and, and is this a marquee return? No. It feels like we're trying to claw at some old talent with a bit of, oh, Christ, with a bit of stardust? Is that even something I can associate with Bundy. I don't know. But for better or for worse, you've hyped this guy's return. So mm. why, why have him just wander out during the opening match? Oh, there he is. Here's our big <laughs> debut that we've hyped with videos for weeks. There he is, just wandering out.
1: Well, it could have well, been worse. You could have just walked out with it with all the other members as, as part of a group. Like, like, hey, look at Look among the fray. There is the guy we've hyped for weeks. Yeah, I mean mean, admittedly that would
2: that would have been worse. That would have been much worse. (laughs) But not by a lot. Not by (laughs) a lot. This is much better. Just the fun you the fun you could have had with with this. And again, for better or worse, Bundy's here. So why not have why not do it so his first appearance is I don't know. He tips the ring up. He picks up the ring. You could rig it to make it look like that. He you know, his first appear his first appearance is he he just b- bolts to the ring and destroys Lex Luger. Okay. He saunters to the ring. He takes his sweet time towards the ring and just decimates Lex Luger and then DBossi he shambles to the ring. Decimates Luger, and then DBOSsi hands him a wad of cash. Done. But no, he just sort of just sort of staggers out to the ring. <laughs> Like John Wayne's his way out to the ring, and uh, it proves and proves a minor distraction for Lex Luger.
1: John,
3: <laughs>
1: I want King Kong Bundy and Vince McMahon in true shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, you, mate. You, you don't need know to... <laughs> I headline WrestleMania two. <laughs> you don't, and you'd... I worked with Hogan. <laughs>
2: mate you don't need John to photoshop King Kong Bundy and it's a man in true shit we are looking at it right now
1: <laughs> so after Bundy comes out we get the combination of Adam Bomb and Mabel also known as also known as men on a Fish. I'm
2: so glad you said that because I saw your tweet this week and that made me smile so I've even put a note in my things to say <laughs> Justin called Adam Bomb and Mabel men on a fission.
1: I was so proud of myself. It's great.
2: It's great. But they, they wander out. And they, so therefore, what Vince said is true. Oh, yeah, he has got some support. There they are. They're here to help. The top face the top is in the company. Your, your top mid card.
1: At one point, Luger had allies like Sting and the Steiner brothers and Brian Pillman, guys like that in WCW that would help him out against the, the, the evil four horsemen. Now he's got... Adam Bomb and Mabel.
2: <laughs> so he's gone from the four horsemen to the three donkey wranglers, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This is a, a. It's just a. Christ! What a, this this whole ringside? This sums up this sums up this era for me. Like a, this is like Vincent Mann just went to a charity shop and just dug into the bargain bin of wrestlers. Right, who we got? Uh, Luger. Bigelow, that's good. Bigelow's in there. Luger's in there. That's good. Dbrc, oh, it's a bit old. Brush it off. It should still be fine. Uh, to Tonka, yeah, yeah, that'll do. All right. Bundy. Oh God, I mean, might have to wash it, but there you go. That'll be fine. Uh, oh, there's some, there's some, some other ones here. Adam Bomb, dunno that is. Uh, Mabel, uh, I think I've heard of. Yeah, we will get him as well. Uh, just what are you gonna do? Uh, Faction Wars. Uh, just, just hit, just hit shuffle and see where they land. <laughs> it's just. It is just it's, bollocks.
1: It's like a reverse intervention. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a good and, shout. And just to dial up the sur- the here, Bigelow hits this front drop kick. <laughs> was barely It was like it was a half drop kick, half Hurricane Ron at temper. He clicked his his insteps <laughs> on the sides of Luger's ears and then fell onto his own back. I think he was hoping to return not- to Kansas. <laughs> There's no place like a better show. There's no place like a better show. There's
2: no place like Nitro. There's no place like Nitro. Nitro doesn't exist yet. Thought...
1: Shut up. Maybe he thought Luger was so useless. He, he, he was just trying to help Luger powerbomb himself.
3: But he... <laughs> here's
2: the thing, right? Here's the thing about mm. this is how bad this match is, right? That bit, mm. that weird ankle click of a of a. It's a drop kick that was neither kick nor drop. Uh, well, there was a drop. More drop than kick, then. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but this, but this, this match is so bad. They replay that because <laughs> it's a highlight. They go, let's see that again. Somebody, somebody moved faster than two, two, two square miles a year. Let's <laughs> let's show that
1: again. Look at the action here. <laughs> The match is so bad. Nikolai tells people in the front row, ah, go home while flicking his wrist <laughs> Apparently three of them took him up on it. All right, all right. <laughs> that was the best part of this match so far.
2: Oh, God. You no, know, there was that. And there was, if you look on the front row on the hard camera, as Lex Luger is trying to start this, something that vaguely resembles a, a babyface comeback. Uh, there's a granny <laughs> smiling in the front row as her son, as her grandson brings her a drink, <laughs> but the crowd are <laughs> going wild at the same time. So, <laughs> hello, piped in, cheers. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, so they, the heat machine working overtime here on Columbus is getting holiday. Jesus day.
2: Christ! Yeah, you're going to get time and a half, aren't you, for the for the heat machine? <laughs> Christ! The fans look bored and tired. I've written here.
1: We got Bigelow whiffing on a knee lift, but Luger tumbles anyway because he's. <laughs> Just going through the motions at this point. Luger, Luger makes the second comeback of this dreadful match. <laughs> Bigelow, Bigelow slams in, into it, the Tonka on the apron. He loses to the roll-up. Now, I, I got to say, the crowd actually did cheer big time. for us. There, there, there was noticeable motion from the crowd, but the heat machine just sucked the life out of it. It could have been a good pop. But no, we had to rely on artificial sweetening.
2: They just didn't trust it. They didn't trust them at all.
1: And I wrote, well, they sh- they shouldn't have, but the pop was, was was probably good. I wrote that sucked, and, and, and I, I had a big one the Tatanka. I have dissension, which I did after the match. So like, so, so Bundy arrives, Tatanka turns heel six weeks ago, and now they look weak and then they argue. We're off to a great start for this group.
2: I I'm just fascinated by the uh, by the the wormhole created in this match where both everything and nothing happens. Mm.
1: It's, just, it's true. I mean, everything. It's, and supposed nothing. This, it's supposed to be this dominant faction, <laughs> it's, but no, it's they... it such a,
2: such a wishy washy group. Ted. I don't think Ted's as rich as he says he is. I think, I think Ted's been bullshitting us all these years. Ted, Ted, Ted's playing the big, Oh, I've got all this money game. Look at these great wrestlers. I've bought what Nikolai Volkov <laughs> to Tonka and King Kong Bundy. This is the equivalent of that, of that family member. That, that has a, mm-hmm. and this, is, I'm trying, I'm, 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 this is the equivalent of a family member that has, um, I'm trying to think what would be a, a good American version of this, um, that has, I can't think of one, but in the UK, has a Marks and Spencer bag for life, or a Waitrose bag for life, yet goes to shop at Aldi, where they just, I <laughs> bet he does that, I bet Ted does that, because he's trying to give off this impression, oh look how rich I am, I've bought these great wrestlers, mm-hmm. mate they are crap. Mm-hmm. You bought them. They're two for the price of one. You bought them on the cheap, and you're pretending they're good. They're crap, mate. You see through this crap group you've got. The only one with any any real value, and, and that is a stretch, is Bigelow. And Bigelow's great, but he's and he's mm-hmm. the one with any major value, and he looks like he's about to bugger off out of the group. And then next to that is IRS, and he hasn't even turned up.
1: No, he's, he's busy. He's uh. He's raising a demon and a, um, a motivational speaker.
2: That's very true, actually. He is. <laughs>
1: and so, DBS would be doing a good job if he was booking every indie show in New Jersey between 1996 and 1998.
2: Because <laughs> that is, your, he that the is right. your cast of characters, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. Plus, plus Ace Darling and Ramblin' Rich Myers
2: <laughs> and
1: Steve Carino. If he's doing that, he's doing great.
2: That is, a hell of, that, is a, that is a killer's row, that is. I tell you what, I would spend up to $4 on a ticket for that
1: i'd go as high as 15 What? i've been to those shows (laughs) i've met bundy when i was like 15 (laughs) let me tell you something i know i used to laugh at jim ross for doing the whole you know like you gotta see a big show in person and appreciate how big he is and like okay jim we get it (laughs) there was no words described how large king kong bundy actually is or was we didn't need words
2: because he was climbing a
1: tower last time we saw him. Jesus. He was climbing the Empire oh, yeah. State Building,
2: swatting, swatting planes. I was hoping they'd yes. find some sort of way to, to keep him that big. <laughs>
1: That'd be kind of funny, wouldn't it? Brilliant. Have, like Cinematic matches in
2: 94. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or what you do is, you kind of go to a props department for a theatre company, and you get them to make you a big leg. A big King Kong Bundy leg and a boot attached to it. So, therefore, you never see him, but you just have this boot controlled by from the ceiling. So, on the hard cam, you just see the big boot of King Kong Bundy.
1: It's the Monty Python foot coming down. Yes!
2: <laughs> John? John, get your Terry Gilliam on. Thank you,
1: mate. King Kong Bundy search for the Holy Grail.
2: <laughs> what is your name?
1: King Kong Bundy! What is
2: your quest <laughs> to return to wrestling? What is your favorite color? Blue! Okay, off you go. <laughs>
1: they try to eject him, and it doesn't work because he's too heavy. <laughs>
0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
1: Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. Footage from superstars of Bob Backlund on the Heartbreak Hotel. Oh, Bob to the rescue. Christ. Bob to the rescue. <laughs> Sean and Diesel apparently want to party with Backlund, and I want to see footage of this party. Bob's saying no, though. Says.
2: Bob's like, not having it.
1: Yeah, yeah, Bob, it's nothing to do with these degenerates. These, um, this wolf pack of, uh, of clickies, so to speak. Because, hey. because they're not part of his America. It's not the America he wants to be a part of. Because he says, you see, Bret Hart is quagmired in a sea of hypocrisy. <laughs> and, and he's engulfed in a river of lies. <laughs> and he wants his belt back. <laughs> Speaking of people who have been on every jersey in these show in that period, Bob Beckham would have certainly been there.
2: Oh, definitely. I love this bit because it's the 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 typical thing to do is always just have if you're a heel you hang out with other friends and other friends are heels. This is Backland on the Heartbreak Hotel and Sean and Diesel trying to bully up with him. And obviously Backland's like, no, you're degenerate. So I want nothing to do with
1: you. Because Backland's a baby face.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the Steve Austin of 94. We just didn't know it. <laughs> we kind of went into some sort of backwards universe where we boo Bob Backland and really he's actually the saviour. Yeah, Backlund's trying to help us. We just didn't know it. We didn't appreciate it
1: at the time. You, you're trying to be a boon to our lives.
2: A lot of the stuff that Batlin says in promos, people just ignored as just babble. Like the one next week where he says, "In 2020, a virus will sweep the planet and will cause all the shops to close." We're like, "Yeah, whatever." Batlin, good promo using big words. No,
1: I'm serious. <laughs> whatever, Batlin, mate. <laughs> I'm telling you. Time Warner's going to screw this whole thing up for WCW. (laughs) It's going to be a one-sided business for a long time. There'll be a monopoly. We're going to live in anarchy. And Rhodes will be a champion on TNT.
2: There'll be a gap in the middle
1: for a while. (laughs) Oh my goodness, like... Rocky Johnson's son's going to dominate the business. Yeah, okay, whatever.
3: No, it's
2: well, the true! Football player. <laughs> hey, IRS! How is, how is the fiend doing? Don't you talk about my son like that! No, I'm serious! <laughs> no, I met your mother-in-law.
3: Hey!
1: <laughs> Wait. What was that? I was making a boxing and her mother-in-law joke there, but I realized I'd be Jack Mulligan's wife, and I shouldn't say that, because if I climb from the grave and kill me...
2: Oh... Mulligan's coming Apolog- yeah,
1: yeah. Oh no Apologies to the Extended Rotunda Family there
2: <laughs> Congratulations the to the Extended Rotunda Family As, uh, as Bray and uh, Jojo yeah. Had themselves a, a second child
1: This week I did hear that So we have More fiends Running around
2: He's got He's got his He's got his the Mom for a lovely A lovely uh, story He's got his dad To write a lovely Story And if he ever Becomes self-employed He's got his granddad to do his Taxes He's doing alright
1: This kid That's right that is one hell of a wrestling family. You got to admit.
2: Oh, it's that is there is only one royal family, and it is the Rotundas.
1: The Rotunda Windhams. The
2: Rotunda Windhams. That is one hell of a
1: family. I want to see him face the Laurinaitis's, Danielsons, um, Bellas.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, that's a that's a hot mess of a family right
1: there. The, f- the family that Cena almost joined. He nearly did, didn't he? That would have been an even stranger wrestling family.
2: But you can tell, like I've I've only watched clips of Total Bellas, and now the lad who's the lad who's dating um Nikki, you could tell it is, is it's just it's not the same. Like everyone's like, uh this is like when it's like when, when when your sister just dumps a guy that you really like and they started dating somebody mm-hmm. new and they're like, ah, oh, this just ain't clicking.
1: <laughs> We're just not getting on here. <laughs> it's like when Richie left Happy Days and they brought in Ted McGinley. Yes, he is the Ted McGinley of Total Bellas. <laughs> John Steen is Richie Cunningham. <laughs> I, guess that, I guess it means Dan Brian's po- is a potsy.
2: i would be alright. He'd be fine with
1: that. As, as, as long as John Larenitis is the Fonz. <laughs> hey! hey! <laughs> John? John Larenitis is the Fonz. Hey! That's all I. am a dynamic dude, therefore I'm cool anyway. <laughs> John Larano
2: kicks the jukebox and falls over somehow. (laughs) And and it plays the People Power song. Monday, Tuesday, People Power. Wednesday, People Power.
1: (laughs) I was not expecting that. Now I'm (laughs) lightheaded. All right. Speaking of great singing, our next match is Mabel versus Reno Riggins. Oh
2: Christ! Mabel, Mabel is uh, bless him, he's on his own. Oscar and Mo have been furloughed. He's <laughs> he's, he's out doing mode. his
1: own rapping. Yes, Mabel's rapping himself to the ring like he's PN News. I mean, he looks like he's quite enjoying it. Well, he is, but here's the thing. Vince and Savage are talking over him because they, they have no faith in him to be coherent. I don't think
2: it's that. Interesting. I just think that Vince and Savage are, ju- are just arseholes like that. They talk over everything. We
1: well, remember when they had those, um, when Bailey and Sasha were feuding, I think it was last year, and they went to see Dr. Shelby? Yes. Okay, remember when they, when they showed the vignettes on Raw? they didn't actually show the conversation taking place. Well, they showed it happening, but Cole talked over all like all the snippets of it. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm thinking is, they realized afterwards, alright, this is pretty bad, we can't put it we gotta put it on TV somehow but the, the, to get our money's worth, but we, we don't want to show anything that actually happened in the segments. So Cole says, well, here they're having more therapy, and here they're having more therapy. It's like these 10-second snippets mm-hmm. with Cole just talking over the dialogue, which is... I think that's just the attitude: is if something is bad, try to talk over it in, in order to minimize the damage. And I think that's, I think that's what Vince is doing here. Instead of letting Mabel stand on his own, or he maybe he just had no faith in Mabel after he saw the, um, or heard the music, or heard the singing, he's probably just like, all right, this is this isn't good. All right, Rangula. Let's just, um, let's just cover this if we can.
2: Yeah, maybe.
1: We learn according to Vince that Mabel outweighs Riggins by a quarter ton.
2: That doesn't surprise me. I thought there'd be some change in that as well.
1: No, a quarter ton is five hundred pounds. So he and Mabel weighs a Mabel may weigh a quarter ton, but he outweighs Riggins by a quarter ton.
3: Oh,
2: I was gonna say.
1: <clears throat> Makes more sense. So Riggins, Riggins is about two twenty. So Mabel's about seven twenty. Then according to Vince, he's
2: a big lad, is Riggins, but Mabel's bigger. I'm also enjoying this week Riggins with the Taz singlet and the Dave Meltzer haircut.
1: <laughs> well I know a lot of suplexes. I um I uh beat me if um you you know you um you you know you can but I would but but you'll survive if I, um, if I let you, <laughs> it's just as menacing as when Taz does it.
2: <laughs> the mood is about to change or, or it might not. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, I can't confirm that it's going to change. Um, uh,
2: Mate, one day uh, Meltzer um, is going to kick our asses. You know that, don't you? <laughs> the man is um, beef. Um, he's going to one day. He's going to um, give us um, such a
1: kicking for this. <laughs> And Dave Meltzer's like he's a combination of Gore Vidal and Haku.
2: <laughs> Why does no one have Meltzer stories <clears throat> in the same way we have Haku stories?
1: Because Meltzer writes history and he doesn't want the stories out there. History is there.
2: written by the winners.
1: <laughs> I want a, I want a Dark Side of the Ring on Meltzer that's just like a, a one hour Bill Braski sketch. No,
2: I want a Dark Side of the Ring on Meltzer. Which is, which is all the Haku stories, but everyone's saying as if it's Meltzer, and then at the end they go, oh, sorry, it was Haku. All oh, that was
1: Haku, not Meltzer. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Dave. Can you imagine Jerker narrating that? <laughs> some even believe that Dave Meltzer lost his virginity before his father did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dave Meltzer's now this combo of Meng and Chuck Norris. Dave Meltzer <laughs> has two speeds fast and newsletter
1: <laughs> and kill <laughs> Dave Meltzer once took down a Russian spy plane with a super soaker
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so during this match with Maple and Reno Riggins Vince compares Riggins to Washington Redskins running back of the 80s John Riggins and then Savage chimes in by going no relation to Christopher Columbus help. <laughs> sorry I don't normally swear,
2: but this week is is such a lot of garbage. It's so funny. Man, I... It's just because I can't tell now if Savage has given up or he's trying really hard.
1: Alcohol could be involved here.
3: Like Columbus! What are you on about?
1: I mean Bobby Heenan was rumored to be plastered during the main event of of Hawk Wild ninety six. So it's not all around the possibility that Savage could be on some intoxicants here. <laughs> <sighs> so Rita Riggins almost wins with the killer bees ear clap. Get in, lad. But but unfortunately it doesn't go well I and mean, then Mabel finished him with a giant leg drop. <laughs> Mabel Mabel raps after the match, and Vince said we talk about Larry King for some reason.
2: Do I tell you what I'm impressed by? That Mabel raps after the match. He doesn't sound that out of breath.
1: Well, it was a short match. I
2: know, but but he's a big lad, so I thought he'd be a little. That's true. Yeah
1: go. I gotta stop smoking.
2: <laughs> but literally as soon as the music as soon as the bell went, he had the mic in his hand. Oh yeah, I beat Rina Riggins. Look at everybody, I'm coming for my dinnings. Like it was just straight away. Straight off the bat, he was there. He had lines ready to go. He looked I thought he looked very comfortable out
1: there rapping.
2: I think he looked like he looked like he was having a good time.
1: Helder Skelter, Helder Skelter. That's the last you'll see of uh, F and Dave Meltzer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: everybody, come <laughs> to a rave. I'm going to beat up Dave.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we, we get footage of Rady Savage doing some charity at the uh, Coley's Anemia Foundation Parade. He's with New York News personality, Rosanna Scotto. Just basic footage, just... And you know,
2: hear Savage being a good guy. He yeah, it, during me. the match he talks about this as well, where he was with Suzanne Lucci from All My Children. And mm-hmm. the way that he was I wasn't I wasn't hundred percent listening to what he was saying when he was talking. But it did sound very much like it did sound very much like Randy Savage was saying that he was waving at the children and it was helping their sickness. Like as if he had magical waving powers that cured illness.
1: Well, wow, his commentary cures all all the else. It certainly here. cures my boredom. It just <laughs> it just k- replaces it with confusion, though. It keeps you paying attention. Because <laughs> what is he going to say next? And Christopher Columbus? What? <laughs> no, re- no relation to him. It's Memorial Day.
2: <laughs> yes, Savage. We know. Well done. Would you like a biscuit? Yes. Okay, have a
1: biscuit. Just eat that for sir. <laughs> Randy, Randy Savage is Barney Gumble on a whacking day. <laughs>
3: snakes, snakes
1: everywhere. <laughs> we want Jelly Willy. <laughs> so the so the hype for next week with the dun 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 dun. Is Jarrett and Doink?
2: Now, yep, now this 94. is this is something else because how how completely to cock are WWF's priorities here. Because we get, like, dun-dun, Jeff Jarrett. He is a country singer. Dun-dun, doink the clown. Dun-dun, stupid bloody clown. Dun-dun, tomorrow they'll
3: clash. dun da
2: Hey, that'll be a thing. Oh, by the way, on the action zone, Owen Hart versus Bret Hart for the WWF title. Just going to quietly throw that in there. Anyway, back to the ring. There's John Crystal. Like, your priorities are so wrong.
1: Well, you got to understand, Tom, that this show here is going up against a football game, which has no chance of succeeding because well, football is a big cultural phenomenon in the U.S. That was the it was, it was a big deal. The Action Zone is going up against pre-game shows for football. So they have a shot at winning those, and that's their competitor. So they're
2: throwing everything at the wall because they can beat the chatty bits
1: for football, <laughs> and they still couldn't. And they still couldn't. <laughs> yeah, because time, time you got to realize here in America, football Sunday is a sacred day. Mm-hmm. It's it's the last day before you get back to work or school. You just you chill out all day. All all your errands and chores and all that stuff is done on Saturday. Everything you got to do because Sunday. That you just settle in, with your salty snacks and your drink of choice, and you just watch football.
2: Very romantic version.
1: Of cheer for it. your team. You watch. Yeah, you you cheer for your team. You watch games that you, that you feel neutral about. You just relax. That and it, it's it's tradition in this country. And Vince's competition is the is Mike Zitka and Xeon Danders, according to that parody, and Greg Gumball, which. It's, he's thinking like, well, if we could just beat them, then we're, then we're doing good because it's only competition if Vince thinks he can beat you. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. So Owen Hart versus John Crystal. And here we do learn that yes, Owen facing Brett for the title on the Action Zone debut in two weeks. I should, I should know here that Savage is very raspy.
2: He is quite raspy, isn't he?
1: He was probably yelling at the parade earlier in the day, quite honestly.
2: He got quite excited about watching uh, the parade.
1: Well, I mean, being in the parade, you are know, just yelling at all the kids like, hey, uh, oh, yeah. Like, uh, but uh, like several hundred ooh yes, in the course of a morning probably would kill your it's voice. It's true. It's true. So
2: go back very briefly uh, before we get into Owen Hart and John Crystal. Owen versus mm-hmm. Brett. So this is on the debut episode of the Action Zone. So this is a brand new yeah. C show from the WWF. That They are really mm-hmm. heavy-loading. they This is, again, this is WWF being very true to form. Like, they have a history of sea shows with white-hot starts.
1: Mm-hmm. They do. Certainly. First
2: episode of Sunday Night Heat, The Rock and Owen Hart versus Kane and Mankind. Mm-hmm. Knowing, what the, knowing what Heat becomes, that's a hell of a main event. Uh, yes. The first episode of the rebooted WWE Superstars... When they obviously now it's just like a oh here's some here's some lads having some fights very throwaway show no coverage of it whatsoever. Uh, April 16th 2009 when they rebooted Superstars featured the Undertaker versus Matt Hardy yep. and Cody Rhodes versus Shane McMahon.
1: Wow, the uh, top stars of two different promotions. Exactly,
2: I love it. And obviously, now main event is seen as like the, uh, the 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 doldrums of both rosters. If you're on main event, something's gone terribly wrong. The first time when they when they brought back WWE main event in its most recent incarnation,
1: the main event. I know this oh, one. You know this
2: one? Go on. Yep.
1: Yeah. CM Punk versus Sheamus Champion versus Champion. The reigning
2: WWE champ versus the reigning world champ on WWE main event. And now it was like, like the other day, the only reason we mentioned main event the other day was, oh my God, Ricochet is resting on the main event. What has happened to the world? (laughs) So compare it from that to, to that. Uh, it's just so, WWF do have a history of when they start a new show. They start with great intention. Uh, but the actions though will just become something incredibly throwaway. But it's, hey, starting hot, Owen and Brett, one more time.
1: In the official WWE encyclopedia, there's like a whole two-page layout. Like, every TV show that existed at that point for the company. And a lot of them have, like, the final sentence that reads, after a while, it became a recap show. Oh. Like, at least, like, thir- like 20 of them.
2: Every time it just became a make, uh, It just became a, uh, a recap,
1: you Every time they say it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Well, we know a lot of shows that sprinted when they first started out. <laughs> they
2: they was bolted out of the out of the blocks when they started out.
1: So during Owen versus Crystal, Vince tries to claim that Jack Tunney's gonna be on David Letterman doing a duet with Barry Manilow, and Savage won't even sell the joke. <laughs> he really won't, he won't even will even too, he? too busy
2: thinking of a joke himself?
1: I think this was the. Pr- I think this right here was the turning point. I think this was it. I'm starting to think this may have been the actual point that I realize. I gotta get the hell out of here. <laughs> so during this match, which Owen Hart is wrestling a decent enhancement talent in John Crystal, who actually gained a little bit of odd infamy over a decade later in WWE canon, I'll explain after this match. Vince compares Rosian to Yokozuna, then makes a Crisco joke because. I don't know. I guess this match is so boring that we have to go to fat jokes and Jack Tony jokes and whatnot. Crystal makes a comeback, falls into the belly of the belly. Owen gets a sharpshooter and pulls the knee pad for extra leverage because Owen Hart's a d- douchey heel. <laughs> After the match, Owen won't break the hold. Refugee demands he break. Owen goes, "Hi, huh, I can't hear you like Ortiz was doing on Dynamite this week. But eventually he does break. And Owen Hart is getting his shot against Brother Brett one more time.
3: Hmm.
1: <laughs> decent little squash all right wasn't it it was all right it was fine so john crystal is known for is known in wf canon for one thing and one thing only he was the first ever opponent on monday night raw for hunter Hurst helmsley in
2: 1995 well there you go that's quite the infamous moment. John Crystal, it, ha, had he thrown one stray punch or one stray kick, could have changed the history and the timeline of wrestling forever. Maybe that's a point where time splits. When John Crystal is in the ring against uh, Hunter Hurst Helmsley, and the outcome of that match is where time splits off. We could be, there could, could be a timeline where John Crystal wins. Maybe. And then he goes on to run NXT. <laughs> <laughs> we could be living it's, in the wrong timeline last. maybe the right timeline was John Crystal winning maybe what if we're in the wrong timeline in the
1: parallel universe the parallel universe we're all still good
2: okay I'm now worried I'm living in the wrong timeline
1: <laughs> well what was funny about that match with Crystal and Helmsley was that on oh, WF24 or okay. W247 remember that service I certainly do they had a bit around, like, the end of 07, early 08, where Santino Marella hosted these little bits called um, Big Bangs and Dazzling Debuts. It was a first Raw match for various superstars. Austin, Foley, Hunter. He, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. And they had this match with Crystal and, and Hunter. And in Santino's introduction to the match, he says, he, 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 he takes on John Crystal, whose who, who's stardom should be coming along any day now. <laughs> and, 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 and people... Because people are kind of naive and read too far into things. Some people didn't realize that man, it was just Santino making a throwaway line about some uh, no-name enhancement talent. People thought that Santino was actually telling us that he was John Crystal and was hinting at the fact that he, that he was the guy in the match with hunter. So it actually, it actually started a small rumor around the time that Santino Brown was John Crystal. We didn't know that. No, he's not. <laughs> people, read too, people read too far into things. Amazing. So John Crystal's two claims of fame are losing the Hunter and Hunter's first role match, which which ended in a diamond cutter. And um, people thinking he was Santino Morella because he read too far into one joke.
2: There you go. That's that's some although could be another timeline.
1: Could be. hmm They play the they play the opera music outwalks, John Crystal, doing the empower um, power walks. <laughs> So Taker continues to threaten Yokozuna with death. As you, you say when we get another heart attack, Torad. I do like for for Montreal and Hull, Quebec. They put C N instead instead of the province, to let, to let us know that it's Canada, not Quebec. Mm-hmm. Which probably was some of the some of the Quebeca at that point. Yes. King Kong Bundy versus Mike Curry.
2: <laughs> so now it's the Bundy debut.
1: But Bundy's debut proper against against Mike Curry, who's sporting an impressive mustache. I
2: am liking like my what I love about Mike Curry here as well. He's blatantly in there with a heel, blatantly in there with a <clears throat> new shiny heel. So what does he do when he's in the middle of the ring? He sneers at the crowd and gives us the gun show. <laughs> Proper dickhead <laughs> heel. Like completely unself aware. I'm just gonna do I'm just gonna be a heel too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just gonna out outheel Bundy.
2: <laughs> Maybe then I will become Ted DiBiotti's latest signing.
1: <laughs> I work cheap. He'll probably hire me. <laughs> Curry gets in the early offense, he tries for an Irish whip that feels because Bundy weighs four hundred and sixty pounds. Bundy gets a knee drop. And pulls him up for two. Or on two, I should say. I wrote this match is longer than it needs to be. Bundy gets the five knuckle shuffle fish drop. Pulls him up again. Savage talks about loving Sharon Stone. Can't blame him. I too have seen Basic Instinct. (laughs) We have more discussion of Ed Wood. Great movie, go watch it. Bundy gets the avalanche and the three count. But he demands the five count. He's bringing that old gimmick back.
2: Oh, yeah. Three ain't enough. No, I need five.
1: Yes, it's it, it, it's Big B Langston.
3: <laughs>
1: Big King Kongston. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just
2: walking out to the ring, just clapping his hands that are covered in coke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so him, Tatanka, and luck could be the new, new day. Or the old, new day. Yeah, very, the old the day. The very
2: old, new, old day. <laughs> very accurate oh Utica! don't you dare sour. be sour <laughs> clap for your very old tag team champs we've got some power
1: you <laughs> can be as sour as you want we have a heat machine that'll cover it <laughs> it's a crap day yes it is Bigelow <laughs> <laughs> playing the trombone
2: <laughs> that, I mean that's fine. Um one thing during this match that, that caught my eye was as <laughs> as Bundy is on very slow offense, there's a little bit of a ruckus on the front row as people rush to the front thinking that these Bundy's got this in was hand. You? Like and it's just a couple of kids that as soon as Bundy goes down for the pin they run to the front. Just a handful of just a lit tiny handful of kids who are very excited to try and clap hands with King Kong Bundy. <laughs>
1: Well Bundy's never for being a, a very gregarious baby face. <laughs> you can't be you, you can't blame for thinking exactly. that exactly. <laughs> well, enough fun. Onto the Doink Lawler stuff. Enough
2: fun. And I've, I've, mate, apart from talking to you about it, I've had no fun this week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well is, is isn't this our fun, getting the laugh at oh, this then, stuff. Oh, there, that's
2: yeah. Let's like say apart from with you, I've had no fun with this. This is just this is such a dog of a show. The bun, like the Bundy debut, genuinely okay. Again, that's what we're working with for better or for worse. You could have even the match itself was a letdown because you should have just had Bundy steamroll this lad. <laughs> but even but Curry gets a bit of offense at the beginning. It's like, what are you doing? Like this is, your, and then obviously then he yeah. doesn't. But then Bundy just spends. Like an eternity, just slowly wearing down this nobody. When really it should have just been like the quickest of quick destruction of uh, of Curry. It should have just been big, big squashy clothesline, big splash, counter five, done.
1: I mean, if you want to see a squash match, watch Brian Cage's win this week on
3: Dynamite.
1: Oh, nice. And when in just like a minute 15, he just demolishes this guy and finishes with the Steiner screwdriver, which he calls the drill claw. I mean, like a throwing German suplex, a buckle bomb, a beal across the ring. He just demolished this guy in like four moves, and it was great.
2: And that's all he needed to do. That is all he needed to do. And and I love him for that. When Brian, Cade, <laughs> when Brian Cage is just a dominant figure, he's amazing. I'm so gutted Granted, that his he's... impact title run came to nothing.
1: Yeah, and 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 granted, he is much more mobile than Bundy. Oh, just a, just, mean, a just a touch, just a touch. A little bit. He's, he's got a slightly better
2: physique. I mean, it's hard to tell the difference between the two sometimes. I mean, they're both perfectly perfectly jacked. They're both specimens.
1: <laughs> that's that's the word for it, specimen. I
2: mean, I mean Bundy's less tanned. That's the only reason. That's the only way I can tell the difference.
1: Well, speaking of specimens, let's go to the jism uh, that was Doink Lawler, or I should say Dink Lawler. So on Superstars over the weekend, Lawler invents her at the commentary to the desk and doink's, and doinks on the Titan Tron laughing at Lawler. Lawler gets up to yell at him, out sneaks a little dink a little dink with with a pie, puts it on Lawler's chair, and, 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 and strafes off into the night. Lawler sits down into the pie. Which most of the crowd can't even see, so Vince has to kind of like point and gesture, like, Hey, he's side of the pie, what an idiot! And Lawler, of course, is miffed. Lawler's had enough of this midget business. I actually wrote my notes here, Nyuck, 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 to express my annoyance. It's, it is although, although
2: all I, the fun, isn't it?
1: Although I love the stooges, they're actually funny. This That's isn't.
2: lol worthy stuff from Lawler. Standard.
1: <laughs> he's Jerry Lawler. <Lola. laughs> Contrary to what some some people today would think, Jerry Lawler is actually very, very, very funny. It's just he he was he's sometimes given crap to work with.
2: Yeah, I mean <clears throat> he did everything he could with the stuff that he was given, but it didn't mm-hmm. mean the stuff he was given was was salvageable. You know, and it's like no, we, it, what we're about to I, begin with Jerry Lawler and Doink the Clown is is isn't salvageable.
1: Oh, wait till we get to this next bit. So Jerry Lawler has King's Court. Which is sometimes entertaining, depending on who his guest is and what happens on it. Savage makes a joke about how he thinks Lawler can bend down low, which I'm I'm taking at face value as, as what I think he meant by it. Mm-hmm. So Lawler's had enough of these Dink shenanigans, so he's he's come up with a um a counter to think. I'm hoping it's like a mace on a stick, but it's not. It's actually it's actually queasy. Queasy, for those of you who don't know, is veteran mini wrestler Little Louie, who who has who has on many occasions worked has worked with Dink, who is better known at one time as Tiger Jackson. They were like regular opponents. So Queasy comes out, he's dressed like a little Jerry Lawler. He, except he has a mustache and he's about three foot three feet tall. I wrote, Can't imagine why business is down. <laughs> please cut your basic heel promo, which is which is at least more energetic than, than anything Luger did on tonight's show the best part of this segment is that people are literally seen headed to the exits in the background
2: because because this is this is like the the tail end of a long night of taping isn't it
1: so they're done well, that's part they're of it they're done this was the already I've seen enough moment they've stands all they can stands and they can't stand no more they I think it's a good football game for this. Mm,
2: this is... uh <clears throat> This this is only... And the saddest part is this is literally the beginning. We've only just begun, to quote the Carpenters.
1: Yes, I'm I'm just going to spoil something right now. Um, so Dwayne counters with another mini. Then Lawler counters with another mini. So Dwayne finds another one. And then Lawler finds another one. And now we have these mini armies waiting to go to war with one another. And it's not as exciting as I just made it you sound. You made
2: it sound really good. <laughs>
1: I mean, I mean, yeah, it's like this is this is far from sweet tooth. This is this, this is not this is not, not as funny as, like twisted metal. This is this is just bad. But yes, but we have more minis coming. We have more minis coming. This is because
2: this is, um this is the yeah. As I say, this is very much the start of something horrible.
1: They are multiplying the joke, which isn't even funny in the first place. <laughs> but only one person finds it funny, and he may be sitting at ringside. Absolutely. I mean, this is um, this is a big outing for Little
2: Louie because um, he's a he's a bit of a he's a bit of a legend of 20 years. And it's a shame that like he's tied up in all of this. So he has been a part of WF several times. Little Louie recruited by the Beverly Brothers. Uh, He was he was uh, teaming up with the Bushwhackers. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, he, he, it was the Beverly Brothers Bushwhackers feud. He got amongst it with. Uh, he also uh, worked in the WWF in 1982. He used to team with his brother Little Beaver as a as a as a midget tag team. Uh, he worked in. That's his brother, yeah, really? Yeah, apparently so. Uh, <clears throat> wow. He's done stuff for the NWA, the World Wrestling Council, and um, he was actually in 2017 a Joey Janela Spring Break. He did. He did the first ever Cluster F match in <laughs> 2017. Uh, he eliminated himself after he bit Vader
1: Scott on the ass. <laughs> well, that's the hell of a thing to have on the resume. And if you I ever, if you ever on, find
2: actually. that you're uh, at a wrestling show and on the card is Vinny Senzo, congratulations, you're about to watch Queasy in action at a wrestling show because that's the name he's been most recently using.
1: Oh wow! So still doing his thing. So he's still- well, that's that's good to hear. Hopefully he's doing well. We we do get a kind of a funny bit of them where Lawler, who is even though he even though he's t- hired queasy to be his second for this, still disdains midget wrestlers. So he he, he intentionally <laughs> overshoots a high five for him anyway, like high five and he overshoots him by about three feet.
2: Yeah, that old joke.
1: But I mean, it's funny when you realize that, that, that this is supposed to be his friend and Lawler still can't help himself. So we get the Action Zone ad, and ah, we get it. You know, football people talk, talk, talk on the pregame shows. and ah, Still there's better rings than anything you, uh, Vince puts on. The new Head Shrinkers versus Corey Student and I believe it's JS Storm.
2: JS Storm, according to the network, yes. Now, I can't I've, I've forgotten which because I didn't write them down. Um, There was one lad in this match who was wearing some delightful attire, which was uh, red tights a black top with a white t-shirt or a grey t-shirt underneath it.
1: That was Corey's That student. was
2: Corey. So, I can't help but get the vibe that he turned up, put the gear on, and somebody took a look at him and went, you've got a terrible body. Put the shirt on.
1: It's a... Uh, it is a look. It's... but It's actually the same look that Kama would wear when he joined the $1 Corporation.
2: It is, isn't it? Oh,
1: God. <laughs> what... Which I don't understand, because why would you cover up Charles Wright's upper body? He's he's a big dude.
2: For whatever reason, they felt like that was the right thing to do, but we'll deal with that when we get to it.
1: So, I don't know if you caught this, but Vince had a little sly remark at the start of the match when he said that Sione is possibly more barbaric than all the family
2: members. Oh, I didn't hear that.
1: That's cute. Uh, I mean, he's possibly very powerful and deals a lot of pain.
2: Nice. I didn't spot the barbaric well, line. Um,
1: very sly. He snuck that in there. I like that. Wink, I wink. I like
2: that a lot. I like that. Uh, he's. He, I mean, when it comes to him in the new head shrinkers, what do you feel about the barbarian?
1: I like the barbarian. He's just a hard hitting horse who everything he does looks good. Like he, he's not like a, he's not electric, but he just has that painful looking offense. So he's fun to watch. Mm. Just, a, just your tip, just your prototypical mean guy wrestler. As a babyface, it's kind of weird though.
2: Yeah, that's it. He doesn't. Just, he doesn't not... carry himself like a babyface at all. But then I guess the head shrinkers don't really anyway.
1: Well, I mean, LOD weren't really babyfaces, were they? Nah, no, that's. I mean, they true. were. They were babyfaces, but they weren't babyfaces. Mm-hmm. They just beat up the heels. Because they had some sort of moral compass, which. Watching Dark Style of the Ring is kind of funny. only gets this great power slam on one of them, just like a snap slam, because he has frighting power. And the finish is real simple. J. S. Storm gets kicked right in the face by Barbarian, and that's your finish. Yep. And and he and he and he leveled him with it. That was the best. That was the best part of the whole show. It was
2: a big old boot that
1: was. And Savage after the match says. I think we're seeing the new and improved version of the Hedgefingers. In other words, screw you, Samu. Yeah, Samu's
2: done. Thanks very much. Sorry about your bad fish, mate.
1: (laughs) So we have a vignette here of Razor going to confessional. Razor Ramon goes to confessional. That should be interesting. Jesus Christ,
2: how long you got? (laughs) He's going to be in there a while.
1: (laughs) We get a moment where he took The gist of this is that he beat up a guy for breaking his toothpick. Yeah, that's the worst thing the skull has ever done. The father asks, Who do you think you are? Razor Ramon? We get the little sliced smile from Razor at the end. How do you feel about this one, Tom? Do
2: you know what? It was a natural conclusion to the <laughs> to the weirdly religious WWF commercials. So it's the whole rule of three, isn't it? Where it's Because <clears throat> uh, well, this is the third version of this advert, isn't it? Where the first one is <laughs> um the vicar discovering wrestling. The second one is the woman co- confessing her sins, uh, which are based mm-hmm. around wrestling. And then obviously the payoff is a wrestler goes to church. So that's the rule of three. And it's not the funniest rule of three, but at least it's a rule of three. So at least now it's done. We think. We, we hope. We bloody hope. Because it's just, yeah, you've you you, you established, you twisted, and now you're finished. There you
1: go. So you think that'd be it for the show, because we we, we we just had our main event of of the Barbarian killing a yeah, guy? Yeah, we
2: had our main event at the beginning, because that's how we roll, and then we had a whole, other, whole load of other matches afterwards. So yeah, that should be it, right?
1: No, we have a little what? bit more. What? No! Because here comes Doink and Dink, and they're both wearing Burger King crowns. <laughs> Have I mentioned how much I truly hated the show even <laughs> when I was watching it at age ten? You certainly did, several times. So Jared it next week. Iris and Bulldogger both gonna be in action. Dwink can then give the crowns to Vince and Savage to wear while while they're signing off. And Dwink promises a little surprise for Lawler and Queasy. You, you know, I think I think we need someone here to uh to sum up this malaise that we're feeling right now.
2: Who can we turn to, Justin Henry? Well, I think a little
1: song would help us out at this point, and he's done such a great job for us lately that I think it's time we turn once more to the maestro himself, Strummerwitz.
3: Out of the office Out of good ideas Can't make a match that's worth our time We are the viewers, the new generation. generation, we are the ones that watch this slide, and I wonder why Vince forces jokes on us all, giving us all his worst. And yet the numbers fall We don't need another queasy We don't need to keep this feud going All we want is life beyond this rotten show Look at this dumbass crown on Raw is where genuine humor is rare mm-hmm. Queasy's intruding Everyone's moving, moving To beat the traffic Cause Raw is dead say we don't need another queasy we don't need to keep this feud going all we want is life beyond this rotten show (laughs) that
1: was better than the show we've watched it had a low bar to clear but Stromerwitz <laughs> over the do
2: you know what I'm, this podcast, was I'm episode 100 it, it's just going to be a weekly rock opera, isn't it
1: we could have re Man the Genetic Opera, couldn't we? I'm pretty sure we could I'm pretty
2: sure we could uh, thank you uh, to SZuma on S SZUBA4 on Twitter, if you want to follow Stromowitz and show him some love you can do just that, what an absolute belter, what a legend and I don't think we can top that I don't think we could top that at no. all. So that is exactly where we should end things for this week. He is at writing on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. We're the <laughs> Love you,
0: bye.